0: taking pictures of Schrodinger's cat. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Lee Hung Wang, Bren professor of medical engineering and electrical engineering at Caltech. Welcome Dr. Wang. Thank you. Give us a brief summary of your professional background, if you will.
1: I'm a medical engineer and electrical engineer. You can call me a pie physicist or even a physicist. We develop all sorts of imaging modalities. Uh, we built world's fastest camera. Uh, we can image photons in real time. Uh, when they fly in space, we can record them in real time. We also built the deepest penetration optical cameras. For breast imaging, for example, we can do a single breath hold breast imaging of cancer. And that's a separate topic on our day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wanna, but would do want to talk about this camera. You, you and your colleagues, as you pointed out, just invented the fastest camera in the world, again. Tell us the story behind uh, these accomplishments.
1: So this camera can image at 70 trillion frames per second. Uh, in fact, uh, several years ago, we built the first generation. We call this compressed ultra fast photography. Um, the standard camera will not give you a speed faster than maybe kilohertz or at most megahertz, even then there are very limited number of frames. And so we want to go beyond that. We want to capture much faster phenomena. You know, of course, the fastest phenomenon we can think of is light speed. You know, Einstein, if Einstein is still correct, nothing can propagate faster than the speed of light. And so we want to reach that limit. And finally, we reach that goal. You know, I, I can explain how that camera works uh, if you're interested.
0: Absolutely, I, I would like to hear how it works and, and how and, and what we can actually photograph with it.
1: And so let me start with uh, a street camera. This is a technology that has been around for a while, um, but it only gives you a 1D fast image. Uh, In other words, uh, you have to use a slit. It's very much like uh, watching a horse race through a slit. So you're not going to capture the whole scene. You know, it's one dimensional. And so we want to add one more dimension to it. We want to get both the X and Y dimensions on top of the very rapid time repetition. And so the standard technique is called pump probe. You have to repeat the event many, many times. Each time you capture one snapshot, you can synthesize all the snapshots to form a movie, but we want to do real time imaging. So it's one repetition of the event. That's all you need. Um, so let me first talk about uh, in standard street camera, um, they add a slit. So you use the white, reserve the white dimension for temporal resolution and the photons will be first converted into electrons through the photoelectric effect then from there on everything happens in a vacuum the electrons will be pulled to one side then as the electrons propagate in the vacuum you add a voltage ramp very much like the old day oscilloscope and so you're going to steer the electrons depending on the time of arrival of the electrons the electrons will be steered to different angles and so this is a way of freezing time because later on you can convert the white dimension into time because you've frozen the time already and uh of course after that you convert electrons after amplification you convert them back into photons and then you can use a standard camera like a ccd or CMOS camera to record the x y dimension distribution now you can convert a white dimension into time but again there's no white dimension, so your original white dimension is gone. That's used for, for time only. So what we do is to um, encode everything. So when you have a 2D XY scene, instead of cutting the white dimension, and we want to reserve it, preserve the white dimension, and we use a micro mirror device, very much like you nowadays you use for your computer projector. And so these are made of tiny mirrors, you know. Uh, thousands maybe thousands by thousands of elements and we encode it with a binary uh, pattern you know ones and zeros and this will allow us later on to decode everything to get xy dimensions. So once the scene is encoded we route it into our street camera but now what we operate differently from a standard operation is we open up the slit as widely as possible and so let the white dimension information come in. Of course it goes through the standard voltage ramping and everything. The original white dimension and the time dim- dimension will be mixed. And this is why we encode original scene because the encoding allows us to decode the white dimension and separate it from the time dimension. So as a result, we can use a technique called compressency. It's a mathematical technique that has been very useful in all different disciplines, but this is the first time we use it for ultrafast imaging. And so by using the compressed sensing technique, we invert our energy matrix recorded by the standard CCD or CMOS camera, then we get, all of a sudden we get a movie. And now you got both XY and time dimension. Our first generation achieved um, 100 billion frames per second. Our second generation uh, increased by a factor of 100, uh, reached 10 trillion frames per second. Our most recent generation increased the speed by another factor of seven. And so you can use this to image a lot of different things. Um, we've demonstrated Ma cone, you know, very much like, you know, if you look, look at a, a supersonic jet, you're supposed to hear this sonic boom. You know, when I stand here and talk, I'm going to emit spherical waves. The sound waves is spherical. But if I travel supersonically, the sonic wave I project is going to be like a cone structure right? That's called a sonic boom or a supersonic mach cone. There is a photonic counterpart of that. You know, to image the uh, supersonic mach cone, because the speed of light is five orders magnitude greater than the speed of sound, we can use light to capture everything. But if you want to image the optical counterpart, and there's nothing faster, you have to use light to do it. So we use our camera for the first time to capture the optical counterpart. We call that superluminal a, you know, light speed propagation of a cone structure, we capture it in real time with a single shot of event. Very much like a Cherenkov radiation that we learned in college physics. And so that's very much fun of, fundamental physics. And uh, we also implemented phase contrast version of it. You know, instead of just image intensity, very much like our eye, our naked eye sees intensity contrast only. And of course, uh, half a century ago, there was the invention of phase contrast, and we incorporate that mechanism into our camera. Now we can see phase contrast uh, at a very high speed, at light speed. And now we can see uh, shock wave propagation. This is, you know, in real time, something that you cannot see with naked eye or with an even standard camera, because this is phase contrast, first of all, and it's too fast anyway. Previous methods require repetition. Uh, and there, more recently we demonstrated uh, ultra-fast light propagation in a nonlinear crystal. Uh, So, there's some nonlinear effect that's really hard to see previously, and we capture that for the first time. And so, in general, if you want to think about this, we've accelerated speed by orders of magnitude from the standard technology. And so, we fill that gap. And our speed is, is scalable. It's adjustable because by changing the voltage ramp, we can scale down the speed. You know, if you have a particular event that requires a lower speed, we can accommodate because this is continuously tunable over a very broad range, many orders of magnitude. From the spatial perspective, you can think about microscopy as well as a telescope, right? So the front optics is up to us how to, how to adapt, you know, so if we couple this with a microscope, we can apply this to biology, any other material science, now, if we couple this with a telescope, even like a Hubble telescope or any other, you know, outer space telescopes, we can gaze into outer space, and hopefully we can, you know, have fast uh, events that we can observe, both spatially and temporally. You know, we're thinking of all sorts of applications in terms of even relativity. Can we use this to test Einstein's relativity, both special and general relativity? You know, so uh, ultra short light propagation, even nuclear fusion, right? Now, if we couple this with a microscope, we're thinking about uh, life science applications, signaling in cells, neural signal conduction, in you know, a single segment of axons, we actually believe that's on the order of the light speed. And so that's a very interesting phenomenon to observe, you know, you know, way our signals in our body has light speed propagation, uh, but nobody has observed that because there are no tools. Uh, photon transport in biological tissues, fluorescent decay because we can see fluorescence decay in real time. As the molecules decays, the forest signals, we, we have monitored that directly without repeating the events many times. Um, some civilian type of applications, LiDAR, you know, we can make a single shot LiDAR, right? so think of uh, driverless cars in the future, you know, we need really sophisticated imaging devices, we want to see through fogs, right, so LiDAR can potentially help us. Your know, eyes will not see through fog, but LiDAR what? you know, so we can, do LiDAR with a single shot, where standard LiDAR requires a lot of repetitions, and so we can provide a lot more information than just standard LiDAR techniques. How to study photon transfer in clouds, right, so communication through clouds, and you can think of other applications. How to miniaturize semiconductor uh, technologies, right, so maybe we can provide information there as well, because think of anything light speed or anything slower, you know, even combustion we're thinking of combustion chambers how to optimize the efficiency
0: so i've seen video clips where you actually image photons are there Mm -hmm. quantum implications of uh, locating a photon in space time
1: that's a great question um we are actually thinking that direction because for the first time you can see photons right you can see photons in real time and we can probably zoom into uh, microscopic scale at the same time capture events at light speed and perhaps we can reveal some of the uh, quantum phenomena and demystify some of the mysteries. There are so many mysteries in quantum uh, in quantum physics.
0: At seventy trillion frames per second, doesn't data storage become an issue?
1: It's a great question. So um, there's. Conservation of energy um, in essentially a lot of events. Um, if some events happen really fast, usually they don't last very long because you know, otherwise it's going to take a lot of energy, you know, like atomic uh, explosion, right? So that's a very fast event. Uh, it's not going to last forever, right? That's, that's going to consume too much energy. And so nearly all fast events end really fast as well. So you don't need many frames. So the number of frames is very limited. You just condense your movie into a much faster version. So your total storage does not need to be very high. And so usually we store maybe about 1,000 frames per movie. So just everything is condensed.
0: You talked about some of the possible use cases. What's next for your research? Where does it go from here?
1: We are uh, really interested in biological applications. And so one of the applications we're, we're um, doing right now is to look at a myelinated axon. We're talking about a single strand of axon between two nodes of Ranvier. So these are like one segment of myelinated axon is like a coaxial cable you have in the lab. You know we know coaxial cable transmits signal at two thirds of c. c is the speed of light. And we actually believe in myelinated axons the speed of signal propagation is on the order of light speed. And so, but nobody can do it. First of all, the segment is kind of short. And then of course you got nodes of RANVA. The nodes of RANVA is like the recharging station. Your signal propagates in a hopping fashion. So you propagate really fast, then you recharge at the nodes of RANVA, then you hop. So we want to measure the exact hopping speed. And nobody has measured that before. And then uh, we're also interested in imaging a neural network can we really figure out how our brain works? You know, if I give you a neural network, how does our brain compute one plus two, for example, right? Nobody really knows. And so if we can track the signal propagation, you know, using this fast camera, right? We actually have to slow down our camera to capture that, but standard technologies have trouble capturing this. And so how a neural network uh, connects, how they propagate signals, how they do a, a certain type of task and maybe we can help decode how our brain works that way. And we're also very interested in physics, as you pointed to, you know, so uh, some of the quantum physics, uh, maybe we can elucidate some of the quantum physics and uh, figure out exactly what's going on, right? So how does a wave function collapse? Yeah, this is mysterious, right? You've heard of Schrodinger's cat. You know, a cat cannot be both alive and dead at the same time. And, you know, it has to be one or the other, right? So physiologically speaking, it has to be. So, what is that? We need to figure out. Uh, you know, human race needs to figure out what's going on there, right? So, to advance to the next stage, and we cannot stay fuzzy forever. Uh, yeah, so uh, entanglement, another huge mystery, right? So, Einstein said that's spooky action at a distance. God does not play dice. What's going on there? And that's still very, very mysterious can we use our technology to help figure out? Because we can image so fast, right? If any technology can image that kind of events, we should be able to defer the, the, the first one because we can actually image superluminal event. We've tested it in the lab, and this is, of course, not a real signal propagation. You know, if you have two lines, two reflectors, we can shine light at the oblique angle, and the two reflectors will reflect signal really, really fast. And if you look at the apparent speed, that apparent speed is greater than the speed of light. And we can capture that event as well. So if there's any superluminal, meaning faster than the speed of light event going on, we should be able to capture that.
0: Dr. Lee Hon wang Brin Professor of Medical Engineering and Electrical Engineering at Caltech. If somebody wants to connect with you, maybe they want to find out more about this camera or just more about your work in general, what's the best way they can do that?
1: I think the best way is to uh, uh, visit our labs website. Uh, you can Google my name, it'll pop up my website uh, automatically. It's also coilab, C-O-I-L-A-B dot caltech
0: And thanks for coming on and, join, and joining us to talk about uh, your technology. If you guys wanna connect with me, you can do so right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.